0: We've had a busy week. We had ice cream for dinner. I did. I actually had ice cream for dinner. I had three scoops of ice cream for dinner and went home and ate nothing else. Because I know some people went and had ice cream and then went and ate either before or afterwards. I did not. I had ice cream for dinner. Neither did I. And yeah, well uh, you went to go you went to go see fast something. Ten.
1: Yeah. Not Fast X to be confused with the triple X that stars Vin Diesel. Um, this is Fast 10. Apparently, okay. some people are just calling it Fast X and it's not. But we'll get to
0: I believe, that. I that. I believe that someone was you. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I've seen, I think, a nine of the uh, ten. I missed nine. I'm pretty sure because I went back to uh, figure out if I had seen it. And I don't remember it, so I don't think I did because they launched a car into space. But yeah, but everybody said that's the worst one of all of them.
0: We'll talk to Ron Strawbridge from the Cherokee Street Theater Company about their Clash of the Titans Parody, And then around minute 20, Lynn will talk Fast 10. Around minute 35, we'll preview The Little Mermaid. Around minute 45, It Ain't Over. Then around minute 53, The Theater Roundup.
1: But I want to report that we were at the New Clementines in Central West End and for their soft opening, and they are in the former Sub-Zero space. And we had a blast, and it is a beautiful... One, I've only been to like four, five different Clementines, but I think this is the most beautiful
0: I have been to all of them, and each one has their own little idiosyncrasies about them so and and this one this one is very nice. This one is very central west any
1: yes, and it's just inviting and beautiful for the street traffic. And uh yeah, so we did that. And then last uh, I have just been a girl about tone. I was at the Cardinals victory where uh we beat Milwaukee shutout by our pitching staff three to nothing. And Paul DeJong hit a two a run homer. And Aaron you mean, on, Paul,
0: you mean do you mean you mean Paul DeYoung?
1: Yeah, Paul DeYoung.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I know. Okay. I never know how to pronounce his name, and I was like, "Is it De Jong or De Young?" It's, it's Paul De Young. Okay, but it's I'm okay. glad he's back. You were there, and form. you
0: had a good time. Yes.
1: Yes, and Arenado, no, one Arenado got his thousand RBI.
0: And yes.
1: that was fun because we all cheered, cheered him, but he didn't continue his home run streak. But when they brought out Ryan Helsley, have you seen his intro now? No, apparently they used to do it, but then everybody was thinking it wasn't going so well. So they quit it, but they're back. Everything turns red and they play this uh, ominous music when it comes out.
0: OK, I have not seen it.
1: No, but it's really cool. But uh, apparently, you know, they think that maybe tempting the demons or something, but he smoked ah. it last night. So, so pretty good. Yeah. And then I saw a a called Homer overturned because it was really a ground rule double. Okay. So that's my baseball report and our
0: ice cream report. (laughs) You've done a lot of, you've done a lot of things.
1: Hello, Ron.
2: Hello. How are you?
1: Welcome.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Well, thank you for, for being here. And so I quickly, if you can see the photo, (laughs) I love it. (laughs)
2: And that's your character,
1: you're playing Zeus. We want to welcome Ron Strawbridge. He is playing Zeus in the Clash of the Titans live parody uh, that Cherokee Street Theater is going to present starting May 18th to June 1st at the Golden Record uh, uh, upstairs. And then it's traveling to Westport Plaza for June 9th to 27th, so that's exciting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually the 9th through 17th at Westport Plaza. Um, But yes, those, those are the, the, that's what we're doing. It's a little bit different than we've done it in the past, but we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to working with the folks at Westport, uh, reaching the audiences out there. um, And then also reaching our traditional audiences here within the inner core of the city and stuff like that. Right. So um, our last production um, uh, that we did we realize when we look, go back and look, we look at the data and stuff like that, because that's what I do for my, my real job, right? Uh, my other mm-hmm. job, right? We look at the numbers, and the analytics, we saw the interest huge, right? But then we we are in St. Louis, we are in the Midwest. People are like, I got to drive 20 minutes to do what? <laughs> it's not the Cardinals? <laughs> are you sure I should do that? Right? Huh. And so it becomes this thing, right? Um, and so this opportunity lets us, um, and I've seen other theater companies who do similar things than we, we do, uh, do it very successfully. Like we just go where the audiences are, right? Like any other, uh, any other thing you should do, right? Go go follow your audience and go work with them. So yeah, so that's literally yeah that uh, that th- that's what we're doing this year.
1: Well, that's fun. Well, uh, Cherokee Street Theater specializes in live parodies of goofy movies, and I I'm calling Clash of the Titans a go- goofy movie because it's, it's been remade twice, but we had these big all star casts playing the greek gods and so we have the 1981 version that made harry hamlin a star yes. and then we had uh and wasn't ursula andrus in there because they were married they got mm-hmm. married i think I, yeah I believe that's exactly right yeah, I think that, huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then we had the 2010 remake with of course liam neeson yes and <laughs> ray fines was hades of course and then Go sam worthington right. <laughs> was perseus yes. so tell us about your cast here
2: yeah so yeah let me tell you about the cast so um we are bringing back some of the same players that we, that you see in a lot of Cherokee street theater productions um we have uh peyton uh, again playing um aphrodite we have fox uh playing fox smith playing um uh my wife Hera, which i see which i may have a hard time remembering her name in the show because zeus is one of those guys <laughs> um, one of those guys, right? I mean, I, in fact, Fox asked me, she, we were talking, you know, actors, we talk about characters stuff like that. And she looked at me and she goes, Do you think Zeus is probably drunk most of the time? I'm like, Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> very, very drunk. are just like, Oh, I'll see you guys later. Yeah, right. Also, the, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I, 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 I can actually bring up the cast list because it's like my brain is not working right now, but we have. Uh, we have Chuck Brinkley playing uh, several characters, and plus King King of We have Rob McLemore playing Amon and several characters. We're all playing multiple characters in it. Um, we have Patience Davis playing uh, the goddess Theatis, the goddess of the sea, um, who, if, if you remember the 1981 movie, we have issues. <laughs> Susan, we have issues about like our sons, her son and my son Perseus, and uh, you can really see that the gods are super organized and very fair um, <laughs> when it comes to that kind of stuff, <laughs> not really. Um, we have boy. We have um, Joe. Oh my gosh. We have uh, we, we have Joseph Garner playing Calabos and Bubo and many other characters and a cat too and many other characters. Really amazing. Uh, I love working with them um i know i'm forgetting people i I should be better at this (laughs) um that's uh, okay because
1: well it's a sprawling cast and (laughs) uh you know i've seen quite a few parodies uh which are staged very well but the writing's always clever and it's fun and Mm -hmm. even if there's a goof it's still funny because it's just such a a a joyful spirit and Mm -hmm. um Suki's been doing this for a long time because it was previously through Magic Smoking, Monkey, yes, our cousin. Theater. Yeah. Yes. And then people moved on. Yes. And yes. and started this. And I was very uh sad that when uh Kill Bill was going to happen and then the cast came down with COVID.
2: Yeah. So yeah well i
1: know it's it's mm -hmm. back on the burner but 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 this sounds like really fun because i think this is one of those movies where people haven't seen it for a really long time and it's just right for parody and and why not and
2: you are going to release the kraken i understand oh we are (laughs) seriously i mean here's so it is one of those movies that when i remember it coming out I, i thought to myself really want to see Pegasus I really want to see Medusa right those are the things I really wanted yes right because those are the things as a kid you read about mythology you think about and at that time I'd not seen a flying horse right on film and stuff like that and so I was very I mean it's one of those things that as I talk to people in my age range those are the things we're thinking about and so yeah it is it's a I think Ebert called it Star Wars like Greek mythology Star Wars right because the feeling of it and that good like wholesome feeling it has but also it's it's almost too <laughs> wholesome in some ways, right? About how, how the movie works. And Harry Hamlin is so young and so beautiful and, and, and things like that. And all the dudes are wearing short skirts. It's a wonderful film, right? Um, yeah, so we look forward to doing it. We um, we really love Magic Smoky Monkey Theater. They are, without Donna Northcott and, the, and, and building that thing up, I don't think we, we'd be around because it gave us some insight into One, we all love theater, right? We love all kinds of, we love Shakespeare, we love new art, we love uh, older things, right? We love classical things. And we like doing those works, right? This gives the actors an opportunity to do exactly what you said, right? To go ahead and have this different kind of fun, right? To play. Uh, Suki comes in and Suki writes it and Suki directs it. Suki is the rock, (laughs) our cornerstone, if you will, to this company. Um, Without Suki, again, I don't think we would be here. Um, And I don't think that's a a way understatement, right? Um, So she writes it. But our process really is we bring in these certain players because we know that they like to play, right? And they know that we will work with each other and they'll come with new ideas. And so the script really is, is really, it's more than an outline. It's more fleshed out than that. But it's this place for us to do all the things that you learned in acting school, right? Right? You play, right? And you play with things, you poke on things. And that some people think that we make fun of the movies. I think we celebrate them. Right, we celebrate yeah. the beauty in them, we celebrate the crazy characters, we celebrate the art in them. Right, uh, for example, we're, we're talking about Clash of the Titans, we're going to do Neverending Story uh, later in the year, and someone came to me, and I was I'm, I live in Cher- I live on Cherokee Street or around Cherokee Street, and so everyone loves the theater. But someone came to me and said, "Hey, man, I love Clash of the Titans. Hope you don't make fun of it." And never ending Story—that's super personal to me. Do not make fun of it. And yeah. that's one of the things I love sharing is that no, we celebrate it. That's we do the things that we love, right? We nerd out on Clash of the Titans because it gave us so much joy as a kid, and it gave me it gives me joy. It gave me joy showing it to my son, right? And like here, watch this with me, right? So Aww. that's the stuff we pick—the stuff that makes us happy the stuff that makes us like wonder the stuff that open our mind about something else right um so that's that's what we do that's we have fun that way yeah is
0: is, it speaking of that is there a tribute to Ray Harryhausen in the play
2: um so here's the thing how can you not right um and so Stan Stan Davis who I did not mention who is who's playing who's playing Poseidon and also is um, building lots of props, course and stuff like that that's the inspiration right part of the work and part one of the reasons why this is great to do is because Herrhausen did amazing work right And we want to celebrate right and celebrate that and that can we do that no but can we do a live version our closest low-budget Dr. Hugh version of it yes <laughs> can, right and that it's for me what we really we're about these parodies and about celebrating these works but really about Props and puppets and costumes that really bring you there, right? Um, we will, we do, do, we do set stuff. This will be a very minimal set this time, but it really is. How far can we go with the prop, right? How far? How, can we, can we go as far enough for prop that the audience goes <gasps> and they have to clap, no matter what? They just have to like, you nailed it. We didn't know if you could. Um, the last production we did, the thing. That's, a, that's I expect to see the same thing here too. Is that when the final monster came out, people were like wondering, well, how are you gonna do it, right? Because that was mm-hmm. a lot of CGI and a lot of stuff, right? Well, we're gonna take a book, a a note from Harry Howson. (laughs) We're gonna build a thing and we're we're gonna do our best. And we're gonna have actors, professional actors behind it, moving the thing around. And it was amazing. We expect the same thing here. There's a a few surprises that we have that Stan built and others built that are going to be, I imagine clapping, right? Right in the middle of the show. I'm sorry, I guess I'm (laughs) stuck. Good job, that makes us happy, so.
1: Well, that'll be fun. And you, one of the things, you are one of the few troops that will have later night performances so yeah. are you having some late night later night ones this year
2: so for this for this for clash of times we will not be doing that which is funny because a, a really good friend of mine reached out to me and said hey can i get tickets to the 11:30 show i'm like we're not doing it this run um we may do it <laughs> for the for never ending story because the audience it's the pri, it's, it's a right it, it I, the audience is gonna be a lot of family people right a lot of families so it, it'll be good to have an 8:30 show or an eight o'clock show and the later show so the actors can um how do you say it? Um, Relax. (laughs) They're (laughs) (laughs) to bump up against the rails a little bit harder. But for for this for this run, we're we're staying to eight o'clock shows, Um, and then we'll also do eight o'clock shows out in Westport too. Um, And and uh, it really is one of those things that trying to find the right piece that works for that right that, that brings in that earlier audience that we called the PG audience, right? And then the audience that's like, hey, I've had two or three beers. <laughs> <I'm> like, please <laughs> please make Before me they even
0: beer. get there, right? Yeah, well, Literally. they do
2: have
1: Literally. the bar out, right outside at Westport. So you can, yeah. uh, you can you know, take so the there, drinks so, so
2: Actually, So we've incorporated, because it is that kind of show, right? And our audiences are theater folks and friends that we know in the theater, but they're also greater than that. So when we do, again, the data, when we look at the polling, we do the surveys and stuff like that, we find out that uh, we have a very large percentage of theater goers, right? People who see regular theater, but also folks who go see comedy, are folks who just like movies, are folks who are like, can you actually do that live? So there's a lot of folks who are involved in it. And what we've we've learned and what we're playing this time, we're pulling in this drinking game um, because people want to play the game. And so last time we did a game where, um, what was the word in, in 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 the film, the thing that we, there's a word that said over and over again and we said it um and every time we said it people were like drink <laughs> they're like cool right and so they oh, like started their yeah. own drinking game we're like what is happening here um and so we officially have one this time yeah. but it's all, all in good fun right yeah
1: well that'll be fun now you're gonna you're gonna have special vip splashy seats so we explain that to us
2: <laughs> so we realized that part of the charm of this thing is that when you sit up front um, there's a, again. That's why our audience is not a traditional theater audience. They may be people who love Six Flags um, <laughs> or that kind of thing. But the first two rows are rows that are you. You will definitely get hit with confetti in a very gentle, peaceful way, but <laughs> you will get a on you. There will be some, there will be some water because there's a Kraken, come on, there's gonna be water. We can't help that, right? Um, but the idea is that you're up close and, you, and there's a little, there's more interaction between you and the actors, right? There may be a moment that an actor says something to you, right, or says something to the group you're with and stuff like that. And it gives, and those who are brave, who are not afraid, <laughs> usually choose those seats because they get that opportunity. We also have rain ponchos just in case they're wearing some, something super nice um, to protect them, that kind of thing. Um, we, we also invest in goggles too, because, you know, you just want to make sure people are comfortable in that kind of thing. But yeah, the, spl- the VBI Splash Zone is the place to be. If I was going to come to our shows, which I do, everyone, um, that's a place I would sit because again, you're going to, you get the best view. You're going to, there's going to be, you're, you're going to get entertained. If you like to be shocked a little bit and like jump a little bit, you're going to get a little bit of that for sure. Um, and you're going to, you get to see stands and others really, you get to see stands and, um, and, um. And uh, Kayla's Kayla Kayla's the costume designer uh, up close, and sees stands uh, props and puppets up close too. So it, it, it's 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 a good seat. It's the best seat in the house. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys, are
0: at the you're at the Golden Record until June first. Then you're moving to Westport Plaza for the yes. Westport Playhouse starting June 9th. Yes. that is a different type of stage, and you have that amazing screen behind you. Yes. Is that going to change the performances at
2: all? So last year we invested in putting a screen in here, in this space, too, because we realized that we would be doing stuff in Westport and we wanted to go ahead and play with that again, to experiment with that tech and see what we're doing. So we have, so when you see this production, you're gonna see, um, there's there's video involved in it, There's it's multimedia production, right? So you can see a lot, so it's gonna be a little bit different than folks are used to. And so we relish the opportunity to go ahead and be in Westport Plaza and utilize, because again, I've seen some footage of how they've used it in the past and we, Cannot wait to go ahead and tell a story with that. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Cool. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, if you want to get VIP seats, because it says release the crack and love water. <laughs> so you gotta you you can go to the website and find out yeah. more, and you can get tickets. And this will be fun. I'm coming to the Westport, so I will see you there. Excellent. And yeah. um, I'm looking forward to because I did miss the thing. And I heard such great things about it, but I've seen many a thing. I dearly love the Rudolph um, (laughs) one, which was, which was really fun. So I just look it because they're very clever. It's uh, people that are very uh, limber and fast on their, they have quick wits and they're, they just have a ball doing whatever they need to do.
2: And, And I think someone said it, who said this to me, um, maybe it was when the reviewers said it to me and it's like and it, it's one of those things that we we knew internally we don't play to the joke right we're, we're again we love the work that we're we're, we're parodying right and so we're, we're being as true as we can to that moment and that work right but we all know it was made in 1981 there's some quirky stuff about it right, <laughs> <laughs> right? and that you get to make fun of him and poke at it right and that and that as a society we feel different about certain things so we 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 get to bring that up and mention that and say hey you know um you know people love dogs not that they haven't loved dogs always but (laughs) two-headed dogs are still adorable so i don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) so do you do you reference the 2010 version at all or is it just 1981
2: Really, sticking to the, I don't see how you cannot be influenced by the 10 if you've seen it, right? Because there's moments in it you're gonna be like, oh, that's cool. Well, that, that's closer mm-hmm. to actually the actual story that was like written down, kind of written down a while ago, right? So, right. but really, we're really focused on the 1981 version um, because it's the one that captured my heart, our hearts first when Natsuki and I are, are, are the same age. And so it's, and one it's,
0: of it's more worthy of parody.
2: It is really, because the, the other one, they kind of correct it, right? The other one, they, they were like, oh, here's a story and, and we're gonna tell it beat by beat about how the Medusa thing happened. And it's great to have that version because you get to, but this one, <laughs> again, I'm a kid. I don't remember how old Camp. I was. I remember seeing the, the Pegasus on TV, and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> "We got to see that, right? We got to see Medusa, and it works. It's such a good story. It's such. And a fun it had story. A Lawrence Olivier. Yeah, after. great. But he's nailing it. I mean, it's like, and and it's funny to see the actress and actors in it because you're looking at, it and you're like, "Well, crud." I didn't realize it was in
0: this. Yes, Yes. that's Maggie Smith. That's Burgess Meredith. It's Maggie Smith, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's well, yeah. I love, I love those forays into nostalgia, and it's just a touchstone for people because you're the VHS generation, and and you know you saw one of those things. Well, thank you so much for taking time for us because (laughs) we really appreciate the the uh, the show must go on
2: mentality
0: <laughs> yes we must. want to tell people they can go to Cherokee cherokeestreettheatercompany.com for all of the information
2: yes they can they can get tickets for westport um they get the link to westport or get tickets for the cherokee shows it's all there um they can reach out to us they can dm us on uh, social media we're super active on social media um, yeah yeah um that's kind of where we hang out you know, a lot of social media and, and our website stuff like that very digitally oriented
1: well, it's a pleasure to meet you and I look forward to seeing you in person. Of course, yes. you'll be in your, uh, your, a towel or
2: your sheets, right? You <laughs> may not even recognize me. I'll be so, you know, majestic and, you know, divine looking that I don't know. It might be and hard to recognize. Me.
0: <laughs> you'll have the body of a God.
2: <laughs> I, wish. <laughs> I wish that came along with, with the role. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Ron, thank always- you for
0: being with us. Yeah, thank
1: you. thank you. And it's always good to laugh. So thank you for
2: that. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Have a yeah.
0: good one. You can go to Cherokee Street Theater That's theater, E R. Cherokee Street Theater Company.com for more information. Lynn, you saw the 10th of a movie franchise.
1: Yes, Except I you had not
0: seen all 10 of them. You Now, did you see Hobbs and Shaw?
1: No. I did not. That is considered an extra, but part of the installment. And I've not seen the um, things. So they are teasing that this is not the end of the road that we're going to have one or two more.
0: No, I think, I think they're stopping with 11. They were going to go for 12, but they're going to stop with 11. And Max Foisy and I said, we were not going to watch any of these until they get to 10 now they have gotten to ten. Technically, this is number eleven because of Hobbes and Shaw. But anyhow, I'm th- my wife and I are disagreeing on this. I think I don't need to see any of them. I think I've let this. I've just let it be a pop culture blind spot for me and say no. Max says we should still see all twelve of these movies. Well, they're mine Before the last one. well, that I would have to watch them all like one a week for four months or three months, because, you know, they're, by the time the 11th one comes out, uh, that's a lot. What did you think of fast 10 Lynn? Well,
1: it is logic and gravity defined. And those people who love these movies will love it. Of course, because it's got, a lot of things that blow up real good, yeah. and it's more preposterous than ever, and they're jet setting uh across uh Europe Europe, and then the Antarctica, and then we're in uh l a and we are in uh Portugal, Rome, de Janeiro, so we got a bunch of continents, but they seem to all be crisscrossing very fast and the villain the uber villain is played with great flamboyance by Jason Momoa
0: who now is Charlize Theron still in this yes okay now was she I think she was in the last one so but you didn't see that one well she so was in the see- last
1: she was in the one before that that i saw that i thought was ridiculous and okay. therefore did not want to see the next one and then now they keep coming but everybody said jason momoa was worth seeing well he is a peacock strutting rooster crowing uh swaggering dude but he's is his shirt off in... um uh, no it's
0: but he's open though
1: but he's kind of at times uh, they he called himself androgynous, but he's kinda kind of um, to use the derogatory word swishy. He's trying to act uh, very um
0: metrosexual? Yes, or gay.
1: Is he acting gay? He's kind of acting what others perceive. Se- I don't want to do a gay stereotype. But he's acting like a very flamboyant type of person. Let's put okay. it like that.
0: And But he, 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 I'm guessing he's asexual. He doesn't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend.
1: No, no. He's just hell-bent for revenge because in Fast Five.
0: Oh, which is supposed to be the best one.
1: Dominic. Our Dom Toretto, who is Vin Diesel, Mm -hmm. they stole his family's fortune and caused this horrific accident and his father was killed. So Dante, get it? Dante? Um, He is pure evil. For 12 years now, he has masterminded this plot for revenge they briefly mention that he's been institutionalized several times. So he gives up this vibe of Cesar Romero's Joker <laughs> and Jim Carrey's Riddler. And he's really over the top here. But people are loving it because it's this hulking Jason Momoa. And he's everywhere with these ridiculous bombs and and uh, uh, you know turncoats we have we have people who will turn but what's very confusing in these past 10 movies they've gone from being street fighters to as one critic said mission impossible with cars
0: yeah.
1: so they help this this shadowy agency called the agency They've been using them for any kind of international threats or something. So they called Dom's team which is Michelle Rodriguez, Letty, now his wife, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, or Chris Bridges. Luda! And then uh, Sung Khan and uh, this uh, hacker named Ramsey who is Natalie Manuel and I'm trying to make sure i don't forget anybody but that's his core group they're not dwayne the
0: rock johnson though because he's off doing not this
1: being hobbs now shaw returns jason deck so if you're if you're keeping the scorecard jason statham used to be a villain John Cena was the villain in the last movie, playing Dom's brother that nobody knew anything about, but he was a world class assassin. And uh, now he's a good guy. So, former. So, you villain, didn't see
0: the one where they introduced John Cena?
1: No. He is now okay. Uncle Jacob. Okay. Well, so they have these people that were once villains, but now they're their friends. So does that mean that
0: Jason Momoa will be a friend in the next one?
1: Oh, 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 that is highly unlikely. But. Well,
0: is is Charlize Theron still a villain?
1: Well, how about I'm going to say a phrase from the movie. The enemy of my enemy. Is my friend. That's what she tells Dom. But she's in it for Brie. So we have these Oscar winners, women. Brie Larson plays Kurt Russell's daughter. Kurt Russell what? was called Mr. Nobody. And he was the contact person for this agency that hired them for all these espionage missions. And um, he died in uh, nine. And so she is now part of the agency and she's standing up for Dom, but the new guy, Alan Richardson, wants nothing to do with them. And there's a whole backstory there. And then Helen Mirren is Jason Statham's mom.
0: Okay. Now, hold on a second. You've mentioned a lot of names. How are they having any, for all these names of people who, how do they all compete for screen time?
1: Well, that's a good point because the Oscar winning women have like one or two scenes. Brie Larson has a couple. Uh, Helen Mirren has one scene. Rita Rita Moreno has, remember when everybody made a big deal about her comeback in West Side Story and her documentary and she was 90 and everything. And Vin Diesel asked her to be his grandma in the next Fast 10 and she plays his grandma, but she's in one scene. So Rita Moreno's in one scene. Helen Mirren's in one scene. Charlize Theron and Brie Larson are in just a couple of scenes. And so there we go. So we have all these people. It is confusing as all get out. Because you're like, wait a minute, weren't they the villain? And and then uh, Paul Walker, who was the beloved original star of the franchise playing Brian O'Connor, an undercover cop who infiltrated Dum's street gang this is how it all started and now they're like almost superheroes and now, it's so like,
0: have they killed him off or is, oh no he no died? they killed
1: him they killed him off in uh seven and uh they had his brother double for him and he kind of rode off into the sunset kind of thing but he
0: you know but, because he but they died didn't kill him off life. then right. No. But they didn't kill him off in the franchise, though, did they? They, they kind of sort of did, but it was weird. I, I, It's
1: just so so Dom's sister, Jordana Brewster, was married to the Paul Walker character
2: uh-huh. and had two
1: kids. So she shows up in this one back again. And there's no sign of the kids. So and then they were living in Florida and now she's in L.A. babysitting. Dom's eight-year-old son, who they named Brian. But Paul Walker's real daughter, Meadow, has a cameo in it. So that's a nice little sentimental nod (laughs) to the character.
0: Okay. uh, You've said nothing about the film itself. You've mentioned all these people. You've mentioned the locales. Um, Does it even matter what the plot is?
1: It doesn't matter what the plot is. It's just a revenge tale, but it is just the most preposterous situation where people uh ha- avoid death in these situations where nobody would avoid death and that we're, we're just having more and more things blow up uh dante has a neutron bomb
0: go Who's off, dante uh
1: jason oh momoa. that's jason
0: momoa okay
1: in rome and blames Dom as an international terrorist. So they all get arrested as international terrorists. So this is where we are now. Instead of street right, and then of course they're gonna have a street race in, in Rio de Janeiro. And they're gonna okay. have uh, women with a little tiny shorts on. Yay. So 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 it's just insane. It's just it's just like um there's you know, I accuse them of having chimps. Write the last couple ones, but now I think that's insulting to (laughs) Timps. But this one I think is now AI. But uh, one of the big uh question marks is Justin Lin, who who did the third one, which is Tokyo Rift Drift, Tokyo Drift. Drift, which is considered one of the best ones, he directed three verses uh, three through six okay. and then he came back for nine and he was directing this but he quit midway because of creative differences hmm. so they brought on louis Leterry uh Leterre, um and he directed the Transporter movies, and he also directed The Last Clash of the Titans. How about that? Okay. We have a connection. Oh,
0: it, tie- it ties all in.
1: Yeah, 2010. So he took over directing, but J- Justin Lin also wrote this screenplay and is still a producer.
0: Huh. Okay. Well, So anyway, but I... no, it
1: makes no sense whatsoever. None of them make any sense. Uh, people just like to go see a bunch of car crashes. So if you just yep. want to burn rubber and see cars crashing into each other and people define it, when uh, a couple of years ago, one uh, one of the episodes, they, they uh, parachuted cars out of planes
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I went, I'm out.
0: Well, I'm, I'm out. either going to see this or I'm never going to see this. <laughs> so I don't care. Let's talk about... Uh... The little Mermaid, because we saw that. We saw it. And I, I wish we would have seen it in 3D.
1: Yeah, that would have been but we cool. we didn't. No, uh, we can only talk briefly because the review embargo is May 22nd.
0: Oh, so it's next week. Okay.
1: Yeah, because it opens May 26th, but the social embargo is lifted because remember, we got those little messages in the bottles. And they wanted us to take our picture and give our thoughts. So I did. Mm -hmm. So here's my thoughts that I posted on social media. Mm -hmm. I think it's charming and delightful for the most part. And I think we talked about this after the movie, but I don't think it's all harmonious because I do think it gets really dark uh in the last third It's supposed
0: to be it's PG. It's supposed to be a kids movie. They've turned an eighty-nine minute kids movie into a two-hour and fifteen minute uh, movie for not necessarily kids because there there's an impalement. A lot of people die. Even though they say no one died, there had to be some deaths. And this there's a whole bunch of things that go really Crazy in the third reel.
1: Yeah, the third act is really choppy. And somebody asked me if I was saying if it was dark in tone or dark in in uh, um, visuals, and I said both. Yeah, I think that last third is hard to figure out. And then Melissa McCarthy, don't get me wrong, I think she makes an effective or urs- She's having a blast being campy and yeah, wicked. She is, but she is very frightening in that last third. And I think little kids that aren't expecting this truly witchy behavior to mm-hmm. come up, because as fun as Ursula was in the uh, original masterpiece, nineteen
0: eighty nine, it's based on the drag queen Divine.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and that was good. And I I adore David Diggs, mm-hmm. and he is so. Funny as Sebastian and Aquafina's Aquafina is
0: cute. Yes, I think that the scuttle rap, the scuttle butt, I thought was very funny. The new songs are from Lin Manuel Miranda and, and Alan
1: Menken. Alan Menken,
0: right? So, yeah, there's know.
1: a couple of them that are pretty good. But yeah, the rap one, of course, you knew Lin Manuel Miranda was going to do something like that because that's well, they it. also
0: gave Prince Eric a song, which was unexpected.
1: Right. I've never heard of this guy. He does passable, but she, Hallie Bailey Mm -hmm. is luminous. Great
0: voice. Mm, She's pretty.
1: She's pretty. And she's, uh, just real empathetic. And she's full of wonder as Ariel and just the stars in her eyes when she's watching the ship people and the, uh, the seamless integration of the animation with the live action, I thought, was well, very well done.
0: Some people I talked to said that they thought Flounder was just scary because yeah, it's
1: yeah plasticky.
0: I mean, I think that Sebastian comes off better than Flounder does. Uh, Flounder looks plasticky.
1: He does, but it's cute because you know it's Jacob Tremblay, and you know how maternal Aww. I feel for yeah, yeah, for yeah. him. But he's he soon did not have that prepubescent voice anymore Mm -hmm. that he gets Javier Bardem plays a
0: good do they ever call him King Triton I think they just call him King of the Sea the whole movie
1: yeah I I don't ever think I I heard that but I thought he was very regal Mm -hmm. and authoritative and then when he's worried about losing Ariel I thought he showed genuine emotion I thought he put some real oomph to King Triton
0: And Jody Benson, the original voice of Ariel, is in a very pointed cameo. It's very the way that they use her. And I'm not this is not a spoiler because they've talked about that. She's going to be in the movie. Her cameo is very well done.
1: Yes, I like I liked how they broadened it with the village on Mm -hmm. the island. And I really liked the uh, the colorful thing like that. But my favorite was the under the sea number it's just spectacular as it should be and mm-hmm. i think they really did a while here i was surprised rob marshall directed it he's the oscar-winning director of chicago chicago
0: mm-hmm.
1: but he missed the mark with into the woods in 2014 into the woods yes he did so, cause he didn't make any of it funny and it's funny. It's supposed to be very funny. And he made it all serious. And uh, although there are parts of that, that I really like, but anyway, I was happy to see that it's um, I do think with these live action remakes that the Disney princess ones have fared the best. And that would be Cinderella, which I think is the pinnacle.
0: Hmm
1: and then uh beauty Beauty and the beast Beast. i liked it and then this one i like now they're gonna do
0: snow white snow whites next year or snow white not snow white snow Mm -hmm. white is supposed to be next year the the grandmother of them all snow white the 14 year old snow white
1: yeah we'll see We'll see about that. But, you know, in recent history, they've not been good. But Jungle Book kicked it off spectacularly. John Favreau's version, that was beautiful yes. and won an Oscar for visual effects. And so I forget that that's a live action remake because that was so superior to anything.
0: Well, and it's that... also it's there's only one real character in it. Everything else is CGI. So yeah. technically it's a cartoon except for Mowgli.
1: Right, because the Lion King was just kind of strange.
0: And that, is, that is also a cartoon,
1: I liked very many aspects of it. I liked the casting of it, but it's just
0: people don't just didn't piss,
1: respond.
0: Don't you piss off the beehive? You, <laughs> you, you lay, you leave. Beyonce yeah. Oh, alone. I
1: know. I know. I had a when I taught at SIUE. I had one of the beehive in my class.
0: Too. Well, you know, they they added so much, but they also took out some stuff too, because they took off uh they took out Chef Louis who's trying to eat Sebastian because they moved it to the Caribbean rather than Europe. So you still could have had somebody who was trying to cook Sebastian. But I, I don't know, because I kept look, I kept waiting for a poisson, poisson, and that part never came. Because I want to admit, no, I'll, I'm going to save that till next week. I'll save that till next week. I'm the thing I will admit. See, that's called a tease, Lynn.
1: Yes, a, a tease. tease. Well, well, we can we'll do a deeper dive into it. But I'm going to be interested to see the reaction from regular moviegoers.
0: Well, I hope, Um, I'm telling people to see it in 3D because I think we, although we saw an IMAX, I think we should have probably seen it in 3D.
1: Well, I do. um, This is one of the, because this started the Disney Renaissance, um, the Waking Sleeping Beauty. I suggest that anybody who is interested in how Disney turned things around musical-wise, first with the little mermaid and then with beauty and the beast because of Alan Mencken and Howard Ashman watch uh, both on Disney plus waking, sleeping beauty is a fabulous documentary. And so is Howard about the late
0: great Howard Ashman. And mm-hmm. those are this both. This movie is dedicated to him.
1: Yes. I know very, which is very nice. I saw that and I thought, Oh good. Because that Little Mermaid, when you first saw it in '89, didn't it just was like, "What?
0: This well, is I." And- I will tell you my story about that next week. Lynn, is there anything else that came out this week that you saw? Oh yes, I saw quite a bit.
1: Um, there is a delightful. Here I'm using delightful for the second time. A documentary. It ain't over, and it is about the baseball legend Yogi Berra. Mm -hmm. st louis's own yes and his career and it's a a lovingly crafted documentary it's written and directed by sean mullen but the driving force behind it is yogi's granddaughter Lindsay, who was watching the 2015 uh, all-star game with her grandfather who was still alive at age 90 and uh, they brought out four, they called it four of the greatest living baseball legends. And they brought out Johnny Bench, Sandy Koufax, Willie Mays, and I'm forgetting the fourth one. And she looks at her grandfather and says, are you dead? And he mm-hmm. said, not yet. And she could not believe that they overlooked him because He has 10 World Series rings. And she said not to take anything away from those four people, but he has 10 World Series rings more than any of them combined. And he also was a three-time It was Hank
0: Aaron was the other one.
1: Yes. MVP. Mm -hmm. Three-time MVP, 51, 54, 55. So the year I was born. And also, he was an all-star 18 times. He caught the only no-hitter in World Series history in 1956. And his record goes on and on and on. Of course, now everybody knows him for his malapropisms, the catchphrases. Yogi-isms. It ain't over right. till it's over. My favorite is, it's deja vu all over again. And then... Uh, The he never did say it ain't over till the fat lady sings. He never said that. Okay. but his his response was I didn't say the things that I said or something like that. But when you you see a
0: fork in the road, take it. Yeah,
1: that's a good one, too. So this movie is peppered with famous Yankees, including Derek Jeter and uh, famous managers, uh, including Whitey Herzog. And members of the media are just famous friends of Yogi's because we have Bob Costas, Whitey Herzog, we have Billy Crystal, we have uh, guys who wrote all these famous books on baseball, and everybody is giving Yogi his due, plus his three sons, Dale, Tim, and Larry. Yogi was born Lorenzo Pietro Berra on the hill. Yep. And they spend time talking about him playing sandlot ball at Sublet Park and how he would sit on the ground with his arms crossed and his legs crossed. And one of his uh, teammates said, you look like a yogi. Hmm. And that stuck. That's how he got the name. And Yogi Bear, the cartoon, is named after him.
0: And Although so- Hanna-Barbera says it's just a coincidence.
1: Yeah, but they go into that and they show that and then they show how the New York media made fun of him, you know, because Mm -hmm. he wasn't your typical golden boy of the time. And uh, it's interesting. He met his wife at Biggie's restaurant on the hill. They were married for 65 years. So it's a tremendous documentary if you want to know more about Yogi Bear, because it just not only gives him his due, but it also tells you things you didn't know.
0: What didn't you know? Give share one
1: that he was. He got the Purple Heart for uh, fighting on D Day. He was part of a Navy force on a boat, and he so he got a Purple Heart. So he was part of the D Day invasion. I didn't know that, mm. and uh, that's very interesting. And his his reminiscences about being in the Navy because he signed with the Yankees and then joined the Navy. But he was upset that the Cardinals didn't sign him because they signed his neighbor, Joe Garagiola, yep, who grew up across catch. the street for $500. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Yogi was mad that he didn't get the same offer, but Branch Ricky, who was at the Cardinals, um, that he knew he was going to the New York team, the Mets, and he wanted Yogi. So he didn't sign him as a Cardinal because he was going to sign him as a Met. But then the Yankees signed Yogi before Branch Rickey could. Mm, So that's it. Were the
0: Mets around yet?
1: Well, I mean, I think it was the Brooklyn Dodgers.
0: Right. I was going to say, the Mets yeah, it was been, the yeah. Brooklyn
1: Dodgers because Branch Rickey figures into Jackie Robinson. And then there's a really cool Jackie Robinson story, too, that I didn't know about about Yogi thinking he tagged him out and he got called safe. But also he welcomed Jackie Robinson. He was one of the the, the MLB players that was very welcoming to to him. And they go into that detail. So if you are a baseball person and it's very seamlessly integrated, tons of clips, Tons of room. But what's nice about this is it's just not going to be at the art house. It is at all the Marcuses starting Friday. And it's at Chase Park Plaza. And uh last night the Barra family all attended a special uh preview. Right. Uh, yeah, which we
0: Where um, where you got to go. No,
1: I didn't.
0: Well then how did you see it? They sent it to you.
1: Yeah, they sent it to me. I was gonna tell you, they offered a link. Allied I'd offer the huh. link. So I was going to tell you to get it because you well, would really maybe like it. I will. It. Yeah, I, you would I, really I, like it. So there's a lot of things to like about the Yogi Berra movie. And I hope people really uh, respond in St. Louis because they're playing it wide. So that's good. So therefore, that's starting. And then we have the White Men Can't Jump, which is going
0: to be on Hulu. But I have not watched the link yet. Have you? I have not. I have not seen it. Um, my wife's like, why are they remaking that? And I was like, uh, the original one is more than thirty years old. So, well, it's Jack
1: Harlow. Mm-hmm. So that, and then have you seen The Mother on Netflix with J Lo? No, Interesting. I have not. Fun fact: J Lo and her husband Ben Affleck have the number one movies on the streaming services because his heir is number one on Amazon Prime. And her, uh-huh. the mother, is number one on Netflix. Excellent. So she plays a badass assassin who had to give up her daughter.
0: Well, Lynn, where can people find you online and in the world?
1: I'm on the socials, and I'm in the Webster-Kirkwood Times uh, every Friday. And uh, our online reviews are still there. Anything you need. And I'm on KTRS every Friday. Friday with jennifer and wendy at eleven oh eight, and uh we have poplifestl.com for your review pleasure and a lot of theater a lot of theaters going on and uh joe Hannerhead's one man show the absolute brightness of leonard pelkey uh it has its final weekend at the cransburg and definitely it's a really good one especially going into pride month
0: and i saw jesus christ superstar last week it has no intermission and it is more of a concert than it is than actual the play but it there were some amazing things about it and they there's is, it is hamilton influenced and my favorite drink of the night was the blood of christ
1: okay i've heard so many different opinions about one, jesus
0: christ superstar
1: yeah people that uh, would wanna you know are more religious
0: oh absolutely They, the, they're going all in on the blasphemy here
1: yeah and uh it is more modern dance and it's it's a concert and they said that the cross is made out of microphones and
0: well some of them yes but they're uh, it is it is not what I thought it was going to be but I still enjoyed it
1: well, yeah, and then and then the voices are tremendous. So the music's yep. the thing. I mean, those of us who went to Catholic school and got bought the brown the brown box two album set,
0: right? Well, the band is on stage and they're fantastic. And of course, um, the weird the odd thing was they have normally King Herod's the showstopper because that's the end of uh, side three on the records. And like they've had Alice Cooper do it. They had Sebastian Bach do it. They've had a lot of people do this. And it's more like the rock part, but they've made it more like Hamilton's King George. And so the rock part is actually Punch's pilot, which was a little weird for me because Punch's pilot was more theater, I thought. I don't know. but the And the guy who sings Caiaphas, the amazing bass voice coming out of his mouth, you would not believe it. And Jesus and Judas are great too. And Mary Magdalene is fantastic. So it's the singing and the playing. It's just the, it's the things around it. Because for a lot of people, this is not a visual medium, Jesus Christ Superstar. It was just the audio. And what happened is it is now both. So, and I am also happy that they put in the song from the movie. Could not we start again, please? Which I always liked that song.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, it got out at the same time Joe's play got out the other night, and I was like, "Wow, well, that's really viral."
0: These people, yeah, here? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's there is no intermission and it's nonstop, so nonstop. Wow. Uh, well, you can uh, find the, me. Okay, go, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say, no, gonna... Uh, single tickets for the Muni start on sale May twenty second, and uh, I
0: always they've re- to... announced more casts as well.
1: Yes, they have. And a Jared Spector, who played Barry Mann on Broadway in Beautiful, the Carol King story, is returning as Barry Mann. So that's really cool. And he's also going to be in chess. So that's also a really thing. And the girl who was in Color Purple last year, who won the St. Louis Theater Circle Best Actress, Anastasia McCleskey, she is going to be in Rent.
0: Oh, wow. That'll be
1: great. Yeah. Uh, you so can are, find me. Are excited?
0: You can find me on Twitter at underscore Carl the intern also on Instagram. I'm on the Mark Cox morning show Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. And then on the weekends, the Second Amendment Radio and Great Outdoors show on 97.1 and KMOX. Lynn, I hope you have a wonderful weekend.
1: Thank you. I do too. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, Charlie Venhouse. Uh, I know him. I know. My youngest son on Tuesday, he will celebrate his 10th anniversary of being in remission for a rare aggressive cancer.
0: Good. Good job, Charlie.
1: I know you can do it. We are so grateful to the folks at Sightman and all the... Modern medicine things nowadays, but yeah, ten years. So Excellent. hallelujah, amen. Oh, so, ha- have a good weekend. Stay safe, everybody. Don't go into standing water if you're in a car, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> no. Bye. Bye.